chapter 1, verse 8. Revelation, that's the last book in the Bible. Chapter 1 is the first chapter of that book. <laughs> Amen. Amen. And I read verse 8. If you are there, shout hallelujah. hallelujah. It says, I'm Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, said the Lord which is and which was and which is to come, the Almighty. Amen. The topic of our discussion this morning is Alpha and Omega. Alpha and Omega. The two words Alpha and Omega are the first and the last letters in the Greek alphabet. Bible scholars make us to understand that where the where in the first, in Revelation chapter 1 verse 6 where it says I'm Alpha and Omega. Alpha is written out in words. But Omega just is just the letter that is there. So I am Alpha the beginning. Omega just the letter. In other words, when we say he is the end he is the end, but that end is an open-ended end in him. Amen? Amen? He is the end. The end is in him and in no one else. In other words, when he says it is finished, it is what? Finished. It is finished. It is finished. The names, these two names of God means is the first and the last. The beginning and the ending. And that implies that all things begin with him. And all things end with him. In John chapter 1, verse 3, the Bible says all things were made by him. John chapter 1, verse 3. All things were made by him. Without him was not anything made that was made. And that's very important. And that is why his obedience ultimately resulted in all things being committed into his hands when he came into the world. When the Bible says all things were made by him, who was the Bible referring to? Jesus. That's why his obedience was important to the Lord. In John chapter 1 verse 1, John chapter 1 verse 1, the Bible says, In the beginning was the word. The word was with God, and the word was God. In verse 14 of that same John chapter 1, the Bible says, The word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory. The glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and word and truth. So he was in the beginning as the word. Nothing was made without him. Everything was made with his involvement. And one day he came into this world. And so his obedience while here on earth was very important. The Bible makes us understand that his obedience was accompanied with humility. Accompanied with what? And that's very important. Obedience accompanied with humility. 
You know, people of the, uh, uh, the part of Africa where some of us come from, when men greet, what do they do? They prostrate. But we are made to understand that some men, while they are prostrating, they are actually doing what? They are actually standing. Because their heart is not in what they are doing. That is obedience that is not accompanied with what? Humility. Say, okay, that's the way they do it, or that's what they want me to do, I will do it. But there's no humility in it. There's no desire to, to, to honor the one before whom we prostrate. Philippians chapter 2 from verse 5 to verse 11. Philippians 2, 5 to 11 tells us about our Lord Jesus Christ. That there was a mind in him. Let his mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. That was verse 5, verse 6. Who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant. I was made in the likeness of man. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. So humility and obedience do what? They go hand in hand. Without humility, there's no obedience. So wherefore God also had highly exalted him, verse 9, and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of things in heaven, things on earth, things under the earth. Verse 11, where we stop. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. In the school of disciples, we were taught that Jesus Christ went down seven steps. That he might, and then he was exalted seven steps. And those 14 steps are in the passage that we have just read. When we say he went down seven steps, we said number one, he made himself of no reputation. He did what? He made himself of no reputation. Pride had no place in him. Do you know many of us, the reason we don't obey God is because of whom we think we are? Because we are somewhat full of our position. Because we think all we have achieved, all we have in life is our own achievement, is what we have achieved. Like we are studying our Sunday school today. All those exams you have passed is because you are very brilliant. God has no, plus to, has no part to play in it. No wonder with all your brilliance, you graduate from school and then it's from one Struggle to the other. Why? Because you have decided to exclude God from the equation. You know, when we say Jesus is the answer, I'm sure you will have heard someone tell you before that what is the question. Right? When you say Jesus is the answer, they ask you what is the question. Brethren, Jesus is the answer to all questions. To what? All, all questions. Both engineering questions. Medical questions, uh, historical questions, anything, accounting questions. He's the answer to debit and credit. All questions. Because there are questions even in your profession that you cannot answer. But when Jesus comes in, he gives you an answer. 
And for every question you have today, receive a divine answer in Jesus' name. I say receive a divine answer in Jesus' name. He made himself of no reputation. That's number one. Number two, he took upon himself the form of a servant. The form of a servant. Brethren, if Jesus could serve, why can't you serve? Can you ask your neighbor, if Jesus could serve, why can't you serve? He took upon himself the form of a servant. That's number two. Number three, the Bible says, though he was God, he was made in the likeness of man. Brethren, there is a world of difference between God and man. We were created in his image. But brethren, we are not him. Jesus, being God, allowed himself to be made in the likeness of man. That was a lower body to be, I mean, a lower form. Number four, he humbled himself. He did what? I'm talking of the seven steps by which he went down. All these things are found in the passage we read. Number five, he became obedient. Now, he was not just obedient. He was obedient. That's number six. He was obedient unto death. Unto what? Unto death. You know, some of us are humble. We are obedient. But we are only obedient up to what point? Up to a point. You know, when the Bible says you have not yet, uh, what's the word? Resisted unto blood. When it comes to the point of blood, you say, ah, ah. This, my obedience, is becoming foolishness. I am not going along with it. But brethren, Christ took upon himself that foolishness. He, he humbled himself and, obey, and was obedient unto death. Because that death was necessary for him to achieve his purpose. No wonder Paul said in Galatians chapter 2 verse 20, he said, I am what? I am crucified with who? With Christ. He said, nevertheless, I live, yet not I, the life that I live. I live by the faith of the Son of God, who did what? Who loved me and gave himself for me. You need to be prepared and ready to kill this flesh. To do what? In other words, the flesh must not dictate to you the course of your life. Gratifying the flesh should not determine what is next for you in life. Because everything that is of the flesh is temporal. No wonder the Bible says, the world passes away and what? The lost thereof. All will pass away. So Jesus was not only obedient unto death, number seven, it was a peculiar death. It was what? Without, how, how did he die? He died on the cross. You know, there is a way to die with dignity. Is that not so? There is a way to die and they will say, oh, that, that great man, either great man of God or great man of man, or they will say, oh, that, that man, he touched his generation. Even Elisha died a dignified death. Is that not so? But Jesus did not. He died on the cross. They spat on him. People washed their mouths on him. Say, look at him. He healed others. Didn't they say he raised somebody from death? 
Now look at him on the cross. He can't even save himself. Yeah, yeah, Savior. And then they will laugh. Human beings are terrible. Do you know that? People came to watch Jesus die for doing nothing. For committing no crime. And they were there celebrating. No wonder the Bible says the heart of man is what? It's desperately wicked. Desperately wicked. But I know that your heart is not wicked. And the only reason it's not wicked is why? Because Jesus is in there. Because you've accepted him into your heart. Because the blood of Jesus has cleansed your heart. That is the only thing that makes a difference in the heart of man. He died on the cross. The Bible says Christ has redeemed us from what? The cause of the law. Galatians chapter 3 verse 13. Being made a cause for us. So the reason he went to the cross is that he might be a cause for you and I. That's why the Bible says a cross costless shall do what? Shall not stand. All you need to do is say every cost upon me and my life, I do what? I throw it on Jesus. Somebody should just throw it on Jesus now. Throw it on Jesus. Say every cost and every limitation of my life, I do what? I throw it on Jesus. Because the Bible says, he has redeemed me from the cause of the law. He said, for it is written, cause is everyone that hangeth on a tree. Jesus was crucified on the cross that he might take upon himself. That limitation of my life. I say, now you are free to live and fulfill destiny. And you will fulfill destiny in Jesus' name. Yeah. It doesn't mean that there will not be challenges on the path of this journey. But because he has taken the cross upon himself, he's saying, those challenges that will come across your path, you will overcome. Yeah. How many overcomers are here today? Oh, yeah. You will overcome in Jesus' name. Yeah. I say, you will overcome in Jesus' name. Yeah. The Bible tells us that, I mean, we are made to understand that when the Bible says he was in the form of God, he said in John chapter 10 verse 30, he said, he that has seen me has seen the Father. He said, I and the Father are what? We are one. I and the Father are one. That's John chapter 10 verse 30. And the other one is John chapter 14 verse 9. So he made that declaration. But then he threw away his reputation. When Jesus was here on earth, brethren, he was divine. He was what? He was divine. But then what did he give up? In coming to the world, he did not give up his divinity. But he gave up his power. He gave up what? He gave up his power. And that is why everything that Jesus did while he was here on earth, he did as a human being empowered by the Holy Spirit. He went through a process so that when it is your turn or my turn to go through that process, we can truly say, if Jesus went through it, I can go through it. We can truly say, if Jesus has fought this battle for me, then I know I am victorious. He was divine. But he was powerless. Until the day he was baptized. Remember that day he was baptized at the Jordan? 
And the Bible says the Spirit of God descended upon him. And a voice came and said, this is my beloved son. That was the day that the heavens opened upon him. He was empowered and he began his ministry. Brethren, that is why the Bible makes us to understand that many times Jesus Christ went and prayed through the night. Because without praying, he could achieve nothing. He needed the Holy Spirit. The same way you and I need the Holy Spirit. So he humbled himself. He went down seven steps. And the Bible says he was taken up. How many steps? Seven steps. Number one, God highly exalted him. God did what? He highly exalted him. Number two, God gave him a special name. What is that special name? God gave him a special name. That's number two. Number three, he gave him a name above every other. Not just a name, but a name above every other name. So whatever has a name, there's a name that is above it. See, that's how we know that no sickness can withstand the name of Jesus. Is death able to withstand the name of Jesus? I mean, name it, whatever it is. Nothing can withstand. I mean, we've had countless testimonies. A, a, a sister was, I mean, was giving a testimony. She was in a motor vehicle. She was traveling. The car was moving at good speed, if you know what I mean by that. And all of a sudden, the car began to do what? To somersault. And all that this sister could do was, do was shout which name? Jesus. She just shouted Jesus. And it so happened that at that instance, she was reading her Bible. When the car began to somersault, she shouted Jesus. When she said, the moment she shouted Jesus, she saw a hand come into that car, lifted her up. And put her by the roadside. And she sat there by the roadside and was looking at the car in which she was traveling. Doing what? Everybody in that car died. Except this young lady. When the policeman came and they saw her, said, they didn't believe she was in the car. Said, yes, I was in the car. But she was the only one that survived. Because there is a name above every name. The name of Jesus. Does somebody want to shout that name this, this morning? Jesus! Don't shout the name as if you are hungry. I said, shout Jesus! Jesus! When you shout that name, heaven is at attention. If you are here today and you want God to pay attention to your situation, shout Jesus! Jesus! Why some people are shouting sitting down? Some are shouting standing up. God will see those that are standing up first before he sees those that are sitting down. Somebody that wants divine attention will stand up now and shout Jesus. Jesus! He will pay attention to you today in Jesus' name. Let's have our seat. He was given a name above every other name. That was number three, right? Number four, God gave him the name Jesus. At the mention of which every knee in heaven should bow. Every knee where? 
Every knee in heaven should bow. That is special. You are not here talking about that. Every knee in heaven. That's why he commands not just the attention in heaven. He commands the authority of heaven. That's why Jesus could stand at the right hand of the Father when Stephen was being stoned. The Bible says Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father. But when Stephen was being stoned in Acts chapter 6, the Bible says God opened his eyes and he saw Jesus doing what? Standing. Jesus was standing saying, welcome my brother. You are paying a price, a divine price. You are laying a foundation. Others will read your story and they will be encouraged. But because of what you are doing, he stood and said, welcome. His hands were stretched out to him. He was given a name. At the mention of which every knee in heaven should bow. Then God gave him, and that's the next one. God gave him the name Jesus to which every knee on earth should bow. Every knee where? And I'm sure somebody knows the next point. God gave him the name Jesus to which every knee where? Under the earth should bow. See, that's why I'm assured concerning someone here today. Wherever they have buried your virtues, take them back in Jesus' name. I say, take them back in Jesus' name. Either it is in the depth of the earth, in the midst of the oceans, on the mountain top, wherever your glory has been tampered, take it back in the name of Jesus. Because there is a name. At the mention of which every knee should bow. In heaven, on earth, underneath the earth. And the seventh point is that every tongue, say every tongue, tongue. must confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Brethren, even unbelievers, even those who decide that they want to die in their sin, when they get to hell, they will confess Jesus. True or false? Unfortunately for them at that point in time, it is what? It will not be too late for you. Yeah. I said it will not be too late for you. Yeah. We will all make it to heaven gloriously together in Jesus' name. Yeah. Jesus humbled himself. Jesus was obedient. In like manner, brethren, humility and obedience are expected of us. Not in words only. Neither as men pleasers. That's why the Bible says we should work out our salvation with what? Fear and trembling. Jesus already died for you. How can you work out your salvation? Do you now have to go and kill yourself to say, I did what Jesus did? No. Only one man was designated to die for the sin of mankind. But you've got to find out what your assignment is. Tell somebody, find out what your assignment is. Because if you are running by another man's assignment, then you are not working out your salvation. Or if you are sitting down where you should be standing up, then you are not doing what? You are not working out your salvation. If all you want is Christianity of bread and butter, then you are not working out your salvation. The Bible says, in this world, you will have tribulations. But what? Be of good cheer. Tell somebody to be of good cheer. 
It's a be of good cheer. For I have done what? I have overcome the world. Brethren, Jesus is an overcomer and he makes you an overcomer. Tell somebody I am an overcomer. You are an overcomer in Jesus' name. I say you are an overcomer in Jesus' name. I say you are an overcomer in Jesus' name. The name Alpha and Omega is the unchangeable changer. The what? The end you don't know, he already knows. See, that's why all over the scriptures, you hear God saying, fear not. Tell somebody, fear not. I can give you this assurance. There's nothing to be afraid of in your future. Do you realize that? There's nothing to be afraid of. Your future is secured. Tell somebody, my future is secured. That's the word of the Lord. He's the unchangeable changer. He does not change, but he changes all things. He does not change, but he changes all situations. He does not change, but he changes all circumstances. That's the alpha and the omega. In Hebrews chapter 13, we know verse 8, but I'm looking at from verse 7 to verse 16. Hebrews chapter 13, from verse 7 to verse 16. Hebrews 13, 7 to 16. It's a long passage. I'm just going to pick some things from that passage. First of all, the Bible says, Remember them which have the rule over you, who have spoken unto you the word of God, whose faith follow, considering the end of their conversations. Remember those who have spoken the word of God to you. How do you remember them? In your prayers, in your encouragement, in your giving. When men of God minister life unto you, reach out unto them. That's what the word of God says. Number two, do not be enticed with strange doctrines. Do not be what? That's very important. If we are going about, I mean, desiring to hear a message that will, you go to and make you happy. Every Sunday you are happy. You've had the word. And they will tell you there's no condemnation. Oh, no, 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 no. We don't talk about sin here. We don't talk about iniquity here. It is all go, go, happy, happy, go, go. Some people will go, go, happy, happy, go, go. And by the time they know where they are going, the vehicle has capsized into hell. You will not go there in Jesus' name. Because, brethren, if you are truly a child of God, the enemy will challenge your Christian life. But you are short of victory. I say you are assured of victory. The Bible says a servant is not greater than his master. True or false? Jesus served. And we are following his footsteps. He was ultimately victorious. That's why we are talking about him today. That's why we are here today. The same challenges he faced are not necessarily the same challenges he will face. But brethren, challenges will come. Don't be enticed with strange doctrines. Be rooted in the word of God. Be rooted in what? That is very important. Be rooted in the word of God. Because if you are rooted in the word of God, then you cannot fail. 
then you cannot fall. And I pray for someone here today, you will not fall in Jesus' name. I said you will not fail in Jesus' name. Number three, the Bible, um, that passage means to understand. It says, let your heart be established with grace. Be established with what? Grace. Grace in the message. I mean, that's the message of Christ. That's why the Bible says, by grace we are saved through what? Through faith. It's not what we do that saves us. It's a grace that Christ came to establish. We only need to ensure that we don't take grace to the level of irresponsibility. You cannot take yourself to heaven. Only Jesus can. The mercy of God is available and abounds for all of us. I pray for someone here again today. You will not fall. Amen. I say you will not fail. Amen. Grace. Because of this grace, the Bible says Jesus suffered outside the gate. In verse 10 to verse 14 of the passage I, I, I referenced above. Outside the gate. Because he was looking for a city which does not end or die. A city like Abraham said, I mean, like the Bible says of Abraham in uh, Hebrews chapter 11, he said they were looking for a city. Whose what? Whose builder and maker is God. That's the city we're all going into. Amen. You will make it. Amen. I said you will make it. Amen. When I get to heaven, I know for sure I will not be lonely. Amen. You know some people are going to be lonely in heaven. Why do I know I won't be lonely? At least I'm going to see some of our people here. Amen. Will I see you there? Can you ask your neighbor, will I see you there? Amen. It's very important. That is what will ensure that, okay, you look around, you are not a lonely man. Oh, I see Sister Mary. Oh, I see Brother Ed. Oh, I see uh, Dickie Mackinde. Oh, I, who else am I going to see? <laughs> oh, I see my wife. <laughs> The Lord will take us there gloriously in Jesus' name. And the fifth point there is very important. In verse 15 of that passage, verse 15, the Bible says the sacrifice that is expected of us. Maybe we should look at that. Let's look at Hebrews chapter 13, verse 15. Hebrews 13, verse 15. Hebrews 13. He said, by him therefore let us offer the sacrifice of what? To God. How? Continually. Continually. That is the fruit of what? Giving thanks to his name. So this praise we are talking about is not the one that you say, ah, you know, as you, as you see me, so I am just praising him in my heart. The Bible says the fruit of what? <laughs> Your lips must praise him. Your lips must move in praise. The fruit of your lips, giving thanks to his name, continuously, it's a sacrifice of praise. You know that, I'm sure many of us have had this experience. It's so rare to see people singing. And that when they see you singing in your office, what are they going to tell you? No, they won't say you are drunk. They won't say you are making noise. Sister Mary just said it. They say, oh, somebody is excited today. Is that not what they tell you? When they see that you are singing, they say, oh, what's the occasion? Oh, you are excited today. You are happy today. Because they are not used to it. Tell somebody to repent. 
they are so un, it's so unusual for you to go to say, oh, sing hallelujah, sing hallelujah. I say, oh, it's a beautiful day. They are not used to you singing hallelujah. And after that day, you wait for another six months. The Bible says we must offer the sacrifice of praise to God. How? Continually. Continually does not even mean once a day. I hope we know that. Continually. The fruit of lips giving thanks to his name. You know that song that they sing, Hallelujah, anyhow. When the devil expects you to be unhappy, you do what? You sing hallelujah. When he thinks he has the upper hand, you do what? Sing hallelujah. What's the meaning of hallelujah? Hallelujah means praise the Lord. So you just, you don't even know what to say. You feel like crying. Do what? Just shout hallelujah. Let the devil be mad. Let somebody shout hallelujah. Let somebody shout hallelujah. Let somebody shout hallelujah. I can give you an assurance today. The host of heaven is happy with someone here today. Amen. Your joy will be eternal. Amen. Your joy will be permanent. Amen. You will praise him through to the end. Amen. That burden that followed you to this house of God is lifted. Amen. That problem that with which you came here and you are wondering how am I going to do it. Because you are here and you have shouted hallelujah. Amen. You are not going out with that problem in the name of Jesus. Amen. Where others have been rejected, you will be accepted. Amen. I speak to somebody's life here today. I say, receive divine acceptance. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. The favor of God will follow you from these premises. Amen. The grace of God will be your eternal portion. Amen. From this day onwards, it will, be it will be difficult for you to be ignored. Amen. I say it will be difficult for you to be ignored. Amen. No, not that way. It will be impossible for you to be ignored. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. From this day onward, you will praise God. Amen. Every day of your life, you will praise God. Amen. Every step of the way, you will praise God. Amen. And God will give you a testimony. Amen. 